Hi, I'm Todd Baker, Corporate Vice President of Engineering at Future Electronics. Obviously, we're all seeing the news of supply chain issues across all industries today. But particularly in the semiconductor industry, it seems like we're getting a little bit harder hit. As design engineers, that's causing us to have to ask a few more questions when we start our designs on not just what's the performance of our device and, and what price point do we need to hit, but also what's the availability of the part I'm designing in and how long is that part going to be available? Today I have the privilege of talking to Kareem Yasmin, who's Corporate Vice President of Supplier Relations at Future Electronics and an expert on the ins and outs of the semiconductor industry over a number of years. Kareem, my friend, always great to see you. Thanks so much for joining me today. Great to see you, Todd, and thank you for the time. I look forward to a good conversation. Absolutely, absolutely. So, you know, we've seen the news, we, we've seen a lot of things going on with supply chain in the semiconductor industry, especially that's affecting automotive, it's affecting computers, it's affecting servers, certainly affecting a lot of the customers that you and I work with on a day to day basis um, and getting product and being able to get up and, and go into production. Um, you know, really, how did we as an industry get here? You know, what are some of the things that, and factors that really brought us to this point where supply chain became such an issue? So good question, Todd. I mean, let me take a bit of a step back, maybe. We are, you know, in what I'll call an industry super cycle that this industry has never seen. So if you look at the semiconductor industry, as you referred specifically to some of the supply challenges on the semiconductor side of the business, you look at the last 20 years of documented results. This is an industry that grows, you know, 2%, 3% up or down in any given year, unless you have a major cycle. In this case, we've had a super cycle for the last five quarters with no indications of letting up. And based on documented uh, results from many industry firms, expectations this year is that the semiconductor business will grow about 25% this year in 2021. That'll take the industry from a $440 billion industry to $550 billion, roughly. That's massive. So we really can't look at this cycle like one of many we've seen or experienced in the past. In fact, if you look at our industry the last four years, what is the benchmark? You know, there's really not been a steady environment for many years now. And 2018 was the last cycle of allocation. And at the same time, the tariffs came into play. Um, in 2019 was a reset year for the industry. 2020, yeah. of course, the, the, the COVID entry in early part of the year with an expectation of a cliff that never happened. And of course, 2021 has just been an incredible year for the industry uh, with booming amount of demand. So to your question, uh, how did we get here? I think it's a bit of a you know perfect storm situation. You've got demand indicators that are very strong across traditional industry segments, as you mentioned. You know, industrial, consumer, automotive, mobile, communications, computing, data centers, medical. Everything has been very strong from a demand perspective, and then you've got all these mega trends kicking in that were kind of piling up demand over the beginning of last year, and that of course is 5G and electrification of cars and. ADAS and AI and ML and IoT and many other trends that have driven growth. And then lastly, in a lot of ways, because of COVID, a lot of new applications have boomed. We, are, we certainly saw that in the medical space early last year, but home everything, fitness, wellness, contactless payments, purification system, contact tracing, all of these segments that impact our industry and require our products that were not massive previously. So it really is a bit of a perfect storm. Yeah, I, I, no question. I, and there's, 
You know, in any storm like this, it's it's certainly a bit terrifying if you're trying to go to market right now with a product, trying to make sure your cash flows are working and, and, and being able to actually build the devices that keep your business and company afloat. And, and we're certainly here to help with that. There's, you know, and that's the scary side of it. I think the, you know, the, the opportunity side of it is, wow, you know, our, our industry is growing, you know, almost 100 or more than $100 billion, you know, that quickly. Uh, the demand, the new opportunities, and for us as design engineers, all the new exciting types of products and, and, and development that we're going to get into, that's going to be a lot of fun, uh, you know, on that side, uh, you know, as long as we can get those products, and, and that's always the question. So, you know, with all of this, we've got an immediate need, um, and I think a long-term future need, um, but what are you seeing, not just future suppliers, but future electronics do to try to help customers in this situation get product as quickly as possible? And what do you see the reaction on this side of the table kind of being right now? Okay, great. So I think I think we need to look at it in two ways. I think one is let's look at the industry and what the industry is doing, and then let's look at what future and what we can do to help mitigate risk for our customers. From an industry perspective, if you if you look at the everyday media, you'll hear about you know investments in wafer foundries and facilities, pretty significant ones by major companies around the globe. One of the biggest reasons we're in the hole we're in today from a supply chain perspective is many of the products affected are in legacy fabs, 200 millimeter, some 300 millimeter fabs. Those are not fabs that manufacturer bases are investing in a significant way. So we still have a, a fundamental fab challenge that I believe will remain. At the same time, many semiconductor vendors have gone fabless. So there's a little bit less control. Some of the power vendors still very much invest in their own fabs and have a lot more control on their facilities. But we've got to remember that we're in a consolidating industry and with the M&A, the mergers and acquisitions of a lot of manufacturers has come a lot of fabless outsourced capacity. So we've got all that to worry about. Of course, you know, COVID's not gone. We have to manage that specifically in Asia, uh, which is the hotbed for manufacturing. And I'm not only talking China, but Taiwan certainly is the hub of foundries in the world. And if you look at Malaysia, Indonesia, Thailand, Vietnam and other countries, heavy investments from a manufacturing perspective, you know, on the back end, on substrates, on lead frames. So that's the uncontrollable. That's the industry. And the industry is certainly investing towards the demand levels that we're in today. And as I mentioned, all these segments of growth. And we'll have to monitor that. And of course, we've got to hope that we don't get massive world events that are out of our control, which happened this year, transportation issues, freight issues, containers falling off boats, facilities with fires, weather impacting major fabs in the, in the industry, less planes in the sky to transport product around the globe, and of course, a slew of other freak issues that happened this year. So from our perspective, Todd, to your question, at future is, you know, we continue to invest in our model and our model is an inventory based model. We see inventory as a high value. We're working closely with our key customers to make sure we understand their long term demands. And we've put systems in place to make sure that we can give those signals, those indicators to our manufacturer partners for well over a 12 month period. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I think from the engineering side of things, you know, what we've seen in the industry, um, you know, on the from the customer engineer perspective and what's been going on there, it's been very different, I think, than any year I've ever been in the industry um, where, you know, every, the engineers, the design engineering organizations and customers have been much more focused this year, not on new products but on redesigning existing products to stay in production. And normally we see that with, I've got to change out this FET, or I've got to change out this LDO, or this voltage regulator. 
this year we've got so many customers coming to us saying, hey, Todd, I want to redesign the microcontroller because I need to find something with a lower lead time. And I'm going to go completely redesign that. I'm going to leave the rest of my circuit the same, but the microcontroller is going to completely change. And we're going to go through that very significant design effort we've never seen um, for these kinds of issues before. Um, and I think because of that, we saw kind of a, a dearth of new project starts and new design, you know, really from the ground up happening this year. Uh, but that's changing. I'm seeing a big change in that. We're here in the last month or two, and I think the start of 2022, um, we're gonna see a lot of brand new products coming to, to fruition, at least, you know, in the design cycle process um, and get off the ground. But as I'm starting to see those, the questions that customer engineers are asking today compared to what it used to be, again, it used to be questions of, okay, Todd, I need a part that's got this feature set, can have this level of performance and hit this price point. Um, the change is now the, a whole new question added to that. And those are always gonna be two of the primary questions. But the third and fourth questions are, one, What's the availability on this part? You know, because I, I want to be able to go to production in Q4 of 2022. So I need you to promise me something that can get me there. And, and then, you know, two, I want to be able to actually go through and, and uh, have a, an AVL expansion on this already. I, I want multiple options for this socket. Um, and we're seeing that even for microcontrollers, where some customers are looking at it and saying, I'm actually going to design my hardware twice. Um, and design it with this microcontroller and this microcontroller so that depending on where the industry goes, I can actually use either one um, and, and essentially write my firmware twice, uh, design the board twice. So there's all this new level of complexity in the design process that I've never seen before um, that's going to be really interesting. And it adds to some of the time of a design, but I think it'll make us a little bit more robust as an industry. Um, over time. So uh, interested to see where that's going to go with, with engineers and, and with our customers. Um, speaking of 2022, and, and I kind of talked a little bit about where I'm seeing from the design start side um, and actual product cycle and project cycle side, um, but what kind of indications are you seeing on 2022 on how the industry is going to look? You kind of talked about moving to a $550 billion industry. But as far as lead times, as far as continued growth, what do you see for the next year based on the indications that we've we've gotten thus far? So Todd, what you just said is really exciting when you think about it, right? We've got this tremendous opportunity. We've got customers that are open-minded today and looking for solutions and looking for partners to bring in solutions. We've got customers that have traditionally been tied down in a platform that maybe wasn't the best solution for them, but had longevity and legacy that would just roll over. And as you mentioned, you know, it's not just on simple components, on microcontrollers and microprocessors, even FPGAs. Your team is winning, right? We're, we're helping customers find new solutions that bring them a better commercial solution. And we're seeing our customers' engineering teams working with the purchasing teams now together to understand, you know, where do I really want to invest? Where am I going to get taken care of both technically and commercially? So I, th I think it's a tremendous opportunity for all of us. You know, the reality is a future within our marketing teams. We have a really good understanding to your point. Where can you get best lead time? Where are you going to get best life cycle, most competitive pricing? Who's most invested in the technology? The reality is because of the environment we're in, some manufacturers are forced to really double down on certain industry segments and will not be able to support other segments. And so to your question on 2022, um, you know, I expect 2022 to be a very buoyant year for the industry. Um, the demand indicators have not shown any signs of letting down. 
Certainly there's a couple of segments here and there that'll pace down. Uh, personal computing will at some point, you know, will ease up. Everybody's kind of set themselves up in a certain manner, but the major segments don't show signs of slowdown. And the supply feedback from the manufacturing community and the foundry community is not up at the levels to satisfy the demand today. So there's, there's a real expectation that lead times stay extended. They might normalize by mid-year, but that doesn't mean they go from 52 weeks to 12, right? Things might go 52, 44, 33, and that's still long and that's still challenging to manage. Uh, but I think we may be in the middle of a new norm for our industry. I think, you know, the long lead times are here for the time being. Uh, futures, double downing on inventory, double downing on our pipeline, making sure that we're protecting the efforts of you and the engineering team as we're winning new designs and introducing new technologies to our customers, making sure that the speculative buying piece remains and that we are positioning for your design that's going to need to run in Q4 2022, irrelevant of all of the design challenges uh, and the, the supply chain challenges that may be out there. So tons of upside um, lots of strategic thinking to make sure that, yes, the market itself will drive a lot of people into tactical expedites and the needs of the business, but we want to make sure that we're still introducing the right technologies to our customers and that we're helping, helping them out of these jams with our supply chain prowess as a company. Yeah. You know, it, it's funny you talk about all that. I remember you and I, I think we're having dinner in probably around 2014, 2015 in Montreal. And I remember a conversation we were talking about, we're finally in a mature industry. Uh, the semiconductor industry is finally mature. We're going to go through, we're going to stop these up and down cycles we've had for the last 30 years. It's going to flatten out and it's going to be manageable and there'll be minor ups and downs, but it's not going to be these huge highs and lows that we've had. And here we are, you know, even I think a year ago, two years ago, we would have said, yeah, it's still going to flatten out. It's not going to be these major shifts. And here we are, um, you know, major shifts just like we had in the, you know, in the late 90s or, or early 2000s. Um, Todd, we, know, sorry, to, sorry to cut you off, but we no are in the best industry in the world. I mean, think about the amount of growth that's coming in the next 10 years. Think about, you know, where was IoT when we were having that chat in 2014, right? And, right. and 5G and what they've done to automobiles, right? And the power that requirements of, of automobiles nowadays and everything else that's still developing security and AI and ML and augmented reality. Those are areas of tremendous growth. So we're, we're in a tremendous industry, um, lots of excitement, lots of opportunity, no doubt. And the last thing I'd say on that topic is three years ago, ask any of your friends or your family if they knew about the semiconductor industry. Most wouldn't, and you'd have to probably educate them. Right. Today, find me somebody who doesn't know about the semiconductor industry and some of the supply challenges that exist out there. I mean, it's everywhere on the media. It's everywhere in business. So I just see it as a tremendous opportunity for our industry and specifically for future. I, I couldn't disagree at all. I think you're dead on there. And I guess that's kind of the question we got to ask ourselves is, you know, like we were talking about 2014, we're in a mature industry. It's not going to see these big highs and lows. Is it ever going to be that? Uh, or are we so interwoven with the technology of the world that as new technologies come, like today we're talking EV and 5G and, you know, all these other exciting things, you know, once that cycle cools off, there's going to be another cycle that comes behind it. So, so I'm not sure we're ever going to get into this situation where the semiconductor industry is just this nice, steady, even thing. I think it is going to be kind of an exciting ride all the time. Um, and it is definitely a fun place to be. Challenging sometimes, but, uh, but, but I think a fun place to be. So, that, you know, from your... Is, uh, you know, yeah, go I'm ahead. sorry, Todd, once again, yeah. I don't mean to interrupt you, but... No, not at all. That is the million-dollar question, which is when this cycles come to an end, 
Is it going to cliff, as history says they do, or will it be a steady landing out of the cycle? And there's two trains of thought in our industry. But if you look at demand indication and you look at supply expectations for 2022, there is no reason that we should see a cliff. We should see a pretty steady landing as demand signals continue to remain pretty steady. So, again, I think that's a positive for our industry because traditional cycles is you make major gains and you tend to give them back at the end of the cycle. I think the industry will continue to gain from here. Sorry, please go ahead, Todd. No, no, absolutely agreed on that. So, you know, from your standpoint, as we're going into 2022, um, you know, if you were talking to a customer that's planning on doing going into production at some point in 2022, or even in 2023 at this point, what recommendations were you ha would you have for them, and how can they ensure that they're going to have product available for them when they want to build? So that's a great question, and um, you know, I'm speaking to many customers weekly here. Um, many of them are discussions on, on, on expedites and product and supply chain, and many are, what do we do moving forward? Customers are really looking for guidance. So I think that there's a few things that we need to look at. Uh, and this is again, where we wanna give all that intelligence and all that knowledge we have in our product marketing teams, in our engineering teams and sales teams into the customers. So I would, re I would strongly recommend the devil's in the details. So generics are no longer valid. So you've gotta look at by technology, by manufacturer, is this manufacturer truly invested in that technology and that product? What is their end of life strategy? What are their pricing strategies? What are their NCNR strategies? We can help direct to where the safest bet is. There is no fully safe bet in today's environment as we're learning and the policies are changing every single day, but we can certainly help guide on all technologies, both semi, IPNE, lighting and others, you know, where is the supplier truly invested? Where are they adding capacity? We can help drive bomb optimization with the customers. Let's look at the bomb. Let's look at the high-risk devices. Let's optimize it. To your point, many customers are now adding a second line on the AVL, even if it's a complex design product, to buffer themselves. And so there's a, you know, our job and, you know, our mandate every day is to get that intelligence and make it available to our customers. So understand pricing trends, EOL trends, lifecycle trends, who's investing in certain product segments and are you, Mr. Customer, in that segment or not? So you really get an understanding of the level of support you can expect, at least in 2022, which is expected to be a challenging year. But you know, we've seen many semiconductor manufacturers, CEOs in their earning reports state that they see this carrying right through 2023. So I'm not gonna put an opinion on 2023 quite yet, but I think we all know 2022 is gonna be challenging. And how do we take all this intelligence that we've amassed as a company and share it with our customers? I mean, that's to me the key to success. Yeah, I think that's that's it. And it really boils down to communication. I think, you know, communication between, you know, the customer communicating their needs well in advance um, to, you know, the distributor that you're working with, and hopefully that's future, but even if it's not, um, you know, I think you've got to have those conversations with the distributor, with the suppliers, um, that communication of where you want to go, what you need and when you're going to need it has to happen early now. And I think the customers we're seeing that struggle the most right now and are having the, the, the biggest challenges are those that maybe haven't communicated well enough and haven't been clear on what their needs are going to be. I think the earlier you can communicate with the people that you're working with and buying product from, the more successful you're going to be at getting your product in time. Um, so it, it has changed a lot. It used to be you could just pick up the phone, you know, call the, the person you're buying product from, call your future Sam, call your, your salesperson for, with the supplier and say, hey, I need this product I'm building in a month. And we could work it out. 
It's not that way. Now it needs to be, hey, I'm build, I want to build in nine months. I, I want to build in a year. Uh, yeah. How do we start positioning product today? And the more open and honest I think we can all be with each other, the more successful we're going to get in, in driving through this time. Um, so I, 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 I got to say, Todd, I, I love what you said about the solution is not about what's best for future. The solution is about what's best for the customer. Yeah. We're in an environment right now where protecting our customers is our top priority, as you stated. So at the end of the day, if the best solution today is not with us, we're going to let the customer know. We've had many customers trying to come to us in the last couple of quarters and say, I want to move my entire supply chain to you. And we'll tell them it's the worst possible time. You don't want to yeah. lose your spot in the queue. We don't want to put you at risk. Yeah, we want to support more business, of course, but we've got to do the right thing. And that's where the design support is key. So, you know, we're putting together tools to make sure that we have aid out there for our customers, right? Market condition tools, shaping the future videos that you've built with your team on new technologies that are available to customers. We, you know, we've got this tremendous team of FAEs, our AEs in our company that are highly trained from our vendors to really guide the conversation. We have specialist organizations that you lead that really understand some of the more complex technologies. So from my perspective, you hit it on the nose, which is customer first. Let's give any, all the information, all the intelligence we have, share it with our customers. And we will come out of the cycle better together and obviously making sure that we can help them drive new designs, new project starts, keep their technology relevant because it's so easy in the last year to get stale and to get focused on the couple of devices that are holding you back and not you know, think to the future and be entrepreneurial. So I totally agree with the way you stated that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, Kareem, always a pleasure to learn from you, talk to you, um, and just kind of uh, gain more knowledge from your expertise. Thank you so much uh, for taking the time with me today. Uh, if you're listening to the podcast and you have any questions for us, whether those be questions on the industry, where you see things going, if you need help on your current products, um, if you need engineering solutions for your next generation of products, we'd absolutely love to help you. Please reach out to us at shapingthefuture at futureelectronics.com. Again, that address is shaping the future at futureelectronics.com. This is the last episode we have of season one of The Current. Thank you guys so much for your support um, with this season. Uh, We look forward to bringing you more episodes in season two, and and we plan on launching that uh, late Q1 of 2022. Uh, So wishing you all the best. Look forward to seeing you next time and look forward to working with you uh, and helping you with any solutions that you may need. Take care.